Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Cheeky Vibe, Peaceful Life. My name is Lauren Mazadonsky, and today I have with me Amy Ruggieri from the Ruggieri Group. See, I'm trying to say it. (laughs) Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat today. I'm so excited. Now, before we dive into the topic, I just want you to give a little bit of background. Tell us about you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm Amy Ruggieri. I operate the Ruggieri Group with my husband, Bob. Uh, We are both fully licensed uh, financial coaches, as we like to call ourselves. Um, Some people call themselves financial advisors. We uh, call ourselves financial coaches because um, we really enjoy teaching people um, how to, one, have a plan with their money, but two, how to actually understand why they're doing what they're doing. And I think coaching um, is a little bit different because mindset's everything. So uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I We run our business together in the financial field. Uh, we've been in business for my husband 15 years. Uh, he started our business as a college student wanting to learn about money for himself and just grew a passion for the subject um, because he saw that there was a huge need for it. And um, I ended up joining him in business. Lauren and I know each other from a past life. I yeah. used to sell cars and her and I met that way. And, uh, but I joined him in business about 13 years ago. Uh, we have two boys, uh, uh, Dominic, who just turned eight and then Angelo, who is five. And so I'm a business partner and a mom and a friend and uh, all the other hats. But uh, my favorite thing to do is uh, teaching people how to normalize the money conversations. So I love that, but I do have to ask so about that. You said he started this in college. So were you, did you join him like after you got married or what kind of inspired you to join him? Oh, yeah. So we actually, we met at a young professionals business event. We exchanged business cards and this was the beginning of him starting his business. And he was actually looking to meet people to become licensed agents and work with him in his, in his growing agency. And that's how we actually met at the point in time that we met. I was not looking for a career change. I was super happy selling cars. And, but what I got to do as we started dating is I got to hear some of the stories about, um, you know, his day, he would say, you know, you talk when you're dating, right? How was your day? How was my day? We would ask each other that when we would talk. And he was always talking about, babe, it was incredible. I helped this family today. Like they are feeling so much less stressed. You know, they cried, they hugged me, they fed me dinner. And, um, you know, and that was his days a lot. And so how I started in business with him, I actually started part-time. I was selling cars and I said, man, what a cool career that would be is to have something where you could like be excited every single day about helping people and making a difference. And I've always been purpose uh, driven. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I started with him part-time while I was selling cars. I did that for a couple of years. And then I transitioned to a full-time career change where we grew our business um, together for a couple of years before starting a family. And um, yeah, that. I've been kind of in and out of retirement for a few years is raising babies, raising babies and having businesses. <laughs> okay. You're my kind of girl. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's dive into the topic because I'm just like very curious about this because I yeah. don't think, you know, growing up that the money conversation was the norm. You just, 
I mean, to me, I feel like sometimes in movies or whatever, you'd hear the more like scarcity mindset of like, well, money doesn't grow on trees or any of that. So I love the, the topic of normalizing the money conversation. Um, so let's kind of start with talking about yourself, like your own beliefs. Like I, I love when you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I talk a lot about is normalizing the money conversation. And here's why. Um, Money is probably one of the most taboo topics. Nobody talks about it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like there's religion, there's politics, there's sex, and then there's money. And like money is at the bottom, like almost if you talk about money, it's like this shameful thing. Um, And it's it's a shameful thing only because of this. Money isn't taught in school. Mm-hmm. Um, generationally, most people were never given a here's money 101. Here are the um, time tested and proven things like, you know, we talk about building a financial house, having, um, you know, life insurance at the bottom, then having a plan to get debt free and saving for retirement and planning for college and planning for other goals and dreams. And there's this order but it's never taught. So what happens is haphazardly, we all go about doing what we think is best based on the information we have been taught and we have consumed um, wherever we consume that information. But, you know, the biggest problem with money is that we don't know how to win the money game. You know, you think about any game that you play, if I'm playing, you know, cards with somebody, if I don't know the rules to the game, chances are I'm not going to win. And so that's money, you know, it becomes this thing where, you know, I've read statistics, 31% of people worry about money all of the time. Not some of the time, all of the time. And the reason why they're worried is because they don't have any sense of security if they're going in the right direction or not. It's like a GPS in a car. I feel confident when I drive down to Myrtle Beach every year that I'm going to get where I need to go in the shortest amount of time possible because I've used a tool and a GPS to guide every single step. I know every turn and it's planned before I begin. And money is just one of those things. It's it's not planned. You know, people spend more time planning their wedding, planning their kids' first birthday party than they do planning of, you know, 50, 60, 70 years of handling for some of us big amounts of income and we're not taught you know how to handle that. No, that's so, a good point. I didn't even think about it that way. I know personally me, it took a client in my chair one day, like talking about retirement for me to even, I didn't know anything about it. I wasn't taught that or how to get started. And it, I was probably 30 by the time I figured that out, but you're so right. It is not taught. I feel like at the younger ages. Um, now, what do you, now when you talked about the beliefs, like personally, what, what does that mean to you? So for me, the beliefs about money are, um, a lot of them stem from growing up. So like the whole money doesn't grow on trees. Well, (laughs) 
<laughs> That's correct. It doesn't grow on trees. But what is that belief that I get? So the belief that I might get now, that's how I grew up. I grew up money doesn't grow on trees. And I heard a lot of we don't have money for that. And then what that turned into is now we have a credit card for that. And that was a very normal belief that, oh, I could just put it on the credit card and I could pay it off at some point and that that would relieve my problem. Um, so the belief is this scarcity mindset when it's not really about scarcity. Scarcity is, um, for some people it is, right? I'm not going to say that it's not for some situations, but the majority of people are making 30, 40, 50, 60, $100,000 a year. And the beliefs with where their money goes is how they treat it. So like if I believe I should have an emergency fund because I know an emergency will happen. Like we have an emergency every year. I need a new tire on the car because I hit a pothole. You know, the, the toilet gets backed up because my kid threw something down it, right? The, you know, vacuum cleaner breaks, whatever. There's all these little emergencies that happen. And if I believe that if I have a plan that it won't feel bad, then that's a good belief. But if I don't believe that an emergency will ever happen and I never plan and prepare for that, then my beliefs are bad in that situation, right? So what is like a realistic, do you have a number for like a realistic emergency fund? Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of financial experts, a common known name is Dave Ramsey. Dame Ramsey does this um, financial peace course that they oftentimes will teach in courses or courses in churches, and they say a thousand dollars. So most emergencies that people have are under a thousand dollars. And I'll give a great example. One of our um, newer clients, um, I go to her for a massage monthly, right? I treat myself to a massage once a month because I have a lot of stress. I'm a mom. I need to work that out. And she had asked me at my last visit, Amy, I have four thousand dollars for my tax return. What should I do with it? And I said, well, I don't know. Let me ask you the first question is, do you have an emergency fund? And she said, no. And I said, well, that's where I would start, $1,000 in emergency fund. And then I said, let's look at the whole plan. And then I'll tell you what to do with the other 3,000. Yeah. You know, it's probably going to be paying off debt and doing some other things. That's good like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and that's probably, that's a really good point, right? It would be easy yeah. to say, oh, $4,000, you know, I'll pay off a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But having a plan, and we won't have time to get into that, but having a plan actually was telling her the smartest place. It's not I'm guessing, it's I know. And so anyways, so guess what happened? Two weeks later, after we started emergency fund, her dog stepped on something, went through the dog's paw, no. had to have stitches, and it was $970. Wow. And she said, Amy, I almost took that money and I mean, I would have paid off whatever I would have did, whatever, and I wouldn't have had it. And the emergency happened. And she goes, it was the first time in our marriage ever that we didn't have an argument when there was an emergency. Oh, I love that. And they've been married almost 20 years. They yeah. always argue about it when there's emergency because there was never a plan. It's a little choice. It's so small, but almost all of us miss it. I've missed it. We've worked in this field for years. And I will say there's been times where we've gotten away from having a plan because we thought we could keep control. And the reality is even the most educated people. Do you find that? Fall victim of this. What's that? 
that the part that you need just the intentional like you guys sit down and talk about the plan together like you mentally just think oh I just have this plan so you kind of keep moving forward but it's no you need to pause and go over the plan yeah but when you think about that with the communication aspect in anything especially in a marriage. So money communication can mean a lot of things. We communicate with ourselves about money. So for example, if I say I want to retire financially independent and I know the power of 25 or $50 a month going into my mutual fund, into my Roth IRA is a perfect place to do that, right? But if I know that that 25 or 50 or $100 a month will yield me 100,000 or a quarter million dollars in retirement. So now that I have a plan, I might not feel as okay with going to Starbucks on the regular. Why? Because $25 at Starbucks doesn't get me the feeling of freedom in retirement. And people are like, retirement's a long way away. The best time to start for the long term, the big money goals is as early as possible because then it's easy and it's manageable. You know, um, waiting time is the one thing in life we can't get back. Yeah. Right. It is such a valuable resource. And so many people miss that, not just financially, like in all areas of life. There's no better place to start than now. Now is the time, right? Absolutely. So what do you yeah. think um, if this is, say someone even has been married for a long time and this is something brand new to them, how could they in their marriage start normalizing that conversation and kind of get comfortable having it if this is new to them? Yeah, I think that in marriage, the best thing to do is just schedule it. Like schedule it like, you know, schedule it like you would schedule a date night, mm-hmm. which married people, we all know we could do a better job at scheduling date night, right? If something so important is feeding into your relationship, consider this feeding into your relationship. And here's a little, um, here's a little like honest statistic that might bother some people, but maybe it's positive motivation. 42% of marriages that end in divorce are over money. Wow. Really? Yeah. Is it because more than infidelity, more than anything else that's out there, money, that's like almost half of marriages. So if you don't choose to schedule and invest the time to talk about, and here's the thing, guys, most marriages come from two completely different money mindsets. Mm -hmm. You have to talk about this before you get married. Um, My husband and I are very much that way. Um, completely money, different money mindsets. It's hard for us to talk about this. It really is. We struggle. I cry, but I know it's necessary, (laughs) right? Hiding money is like one of the worst things that you can possibly do. I mean, we've all done it, right? I have that credit card that when I go to at home, I use it because my husband doesn't look at the credit card statement, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) everybody's going to laugh at that because y'all do it. And, but knowing that me doing that, that doesn't get me to where I want to go. So talk about it, schedule it often. To say how often. Yeah, I would say at least, at least quarterly and at least annually, you should be sitting down with whoever your advisor is. And I'll say this about advisors. A lot of people think having an advisor is like, 
costly and it's crazy and I couldn't possibly afford to pay somebody. Like we offer financial plans complimentary. If you're my client, you get a complimentary plan because it's that important, like low barrier of entry. A lot of other advisors are the same way. So whoever you work with, I would schedule once per year to have a conversation, the three of you together. Sometimes bringing in an outside person makes it a little bit easier because they know where to guide that conversation and they're trained to be able to guide that conversation. But I would say at least once minimal, uh, we do once per year. Personally, we update, um, we make sure all of our beneficiaries on our accounts are up to date. We make sure that our will is up to date. That is a huge one, huge making sure that that's in place because we never know when our time's going to be and a mess happens when that's not up to date. Um, And going over your budget, going over your long-term goals, you know, things like, are we saving for a new car? Are we saving for a vacation? You know, what's our retirement? What's that all looking like at least once a year? And then I would say at least quarterly, go through your bank statements together. Together. All of it's on the table. Being not honest doesn't help anything. It only makes it worse. And going line by line on your bank statement, um, I will say for us, that brings us back to reality real quick. The kids love going through drive through McDonald's. I love when I'm stressed to the max going through McDonald's <laughs> drive through But if I look at it and I see, oh, I'm spending $200 a month at drive throughs then it helps me bring back to reality. That's not part of the plan. And then it brings my um, ability to stand within where I'm trying to go a little bit easier because now I have that perspective, right? I'm seeing it. I love that. I can't ever actually printed them out and like looked through it, but like you said, that's a, a good way to look through and say, oh, wait, here's some extra money that I really didn't need to spend that I could put yeah. in retirement or an investment account or something else. No, I, I love that idea. Yeah. And you know what? I always say this, you know, the word budget is this dirty word. You know, people think, oh, no, a budget. It's going to kill me. I'm going to have to sacrifice my life. No, budget is a freeing word. Budget is you taking control of your money instead of your money controlling you. And that's why money is so hard for people is because it literally controls us. Right. It controls our sleep at night. It controls the way we feel about ourselves. It controls the way we feel about our spouses. Um, You know, money is a big deal. And uh, yeah, yeah. So what would you say advice-wise if someone was planning to, you know, save for something big or wanting to start a business, where, where would, what advice would you give to that? Yeah, I would say if you're, if you're looking to save for something, first you need to know realistic expectations of what is that going to cost, right? So do your research. Um, and then the second thing is breaking it down. Um, you know, breaking it into a manageable and a um, a manageable, what's the other word that I'm looking for, where you can actually, you can say, yes, I did it or no, I did it. So example, like, let's say I want to save a thousand dollars this year. Well, I can break out a plan where I might say, okay, I automatically take out of my paycheck and have an automatic transfer set up on month one 
$30 goes into that account. Month two, maybe it's $45 goes into that account. Month three, maybe it's $100. And I plan and I know every single month, which way mathematically do I need to put that for that to happen, right? Um, so, and there's tools and there's software and there's all kinds of things on the internet. The internet's a great place, right? You could literally, um, a lot of the things that I've taught myself about money, um, have been from YouTube, Google, right? <laughs> um, not all of it's the best, um, information or guidance, but, if you do enough searching around, you can find there's some stuff out there that's really good for planning for stuff like that. Yeah, well, I love that. Thank you so much for all this information. Is there any last words of wisdom that you just feel like is a must? Yeah, last words of wisdom. Um, get Have a plan. Just have a plan. I, I think that it is such a healthy thing for you to become a dreamer with your money. Mm -hmm. Having a money mindset of scarcity is no place for you to live. Um, you know, if you're not making enough income, find a way to make more income. Listen, it is out there everywhere. There are so many things that you can do to just raise that bar a little bit. Um, if it's something that's a painful, you know, thing, just write out how you're feeling and, you know, just uncover why are you feeling that way? If you've had bad habits and old habits, dig into that, you know, get some good money, um, um, you know, mindset, you know, there's all kinds of motivation apps and stuff out there that are, you know, they're, they're geared to wherever you want them to be geared towards. But yeah, I would, I would say last words of wisdom, have a plan, get some literacy. Um, I will say I offer a free resource um, group on Facebook. It's called uh, Smart Money Moves dash the Ruggieri group. And I post all kinds of stuff about this, you know, every day there's something of money mindset or, you know, how to have a plan and um, just encouragement, but yeah, talk about it, get honest with yourself, get honest with your spouse, talk about it with your friends and family. We're all in the same boat. We're all trying to do the best we can. We just got to work together. I love that you tie in the mindset piece. Cause that's, that's huge. Cause if you stay in that lack mindset, it's going to be so much harder to build into thinking more abundant and how you can maybe, like you said, maybe you're not making enough right now, but what can you do to add to it to make a little more, to start that savings or whatever, but it has to start with the mindset as well to grow in an abundant way. Um, Amy, can you please tell our listeners anywhere else they can find you? Uh, yeah, well, just on really a Facebook social media, is uh amy ruggieri so you can i post stuff on my personal page all the time i love it i talk about money and uh literacy like nonstop. so you can find me on my personal page there um on instagram and then the uh facebook page again for smart money moves is called smart money moves slash the ruggieri group okay so on instagram is it your name or the ruggieri group it's my name yep Perfect. Thank you. So listeners, yeah. go follow Amy and tag us and let us know your biggest takeaway. Maybe what you're going to add in to start saving a little bit more, but as always stay cheeky.